What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of From My Point of View. Unfortunately, this episode's probably going to be pretty short, like 20 minutes max. Uh, but I needed to just scheduling conflicts and other BS, everyday stuff. Uh, but I wanted to put an episode out there and talk about a few things. Mainly be, uh, the one is tomorrow, Thursday, May 30th, is Game 1 of the NBA Finals between the Raptors and Warriors. Everyone who watched that Bucks raptors series was, I mean, it was entertaining as hell. Um, kind of upsetting that Giannis and the Bucks season came to an end. Would have really liked to see Giannis in, in the NBA Finals. However, the Warriors being matched up with the Raptors, it's pretty good. Um, I, I, think, I think the Raptors, as far as their depth and their lineups go, match up pretty well with the Warriors. Uh, Kawhi... I mean, even a couple years ago before the whole Zaza thing happened and he got injured, he seemed to have the Warriors number in, in at least some capacity. Uh, may, I mean, I'm sure the Warriors have obviously changed and will be able to uh, properly game plan for Kawhi, but he seems to have that that extra edge over on the Warriors and hopefully he can bring that to the rest of his Raptor teammates. And maybe they can end the Golden State dynasty. Who knows? Um, Kevin Durant already ruled out for Game 1 of the Finals. Don't know what his health status is as far as the rest of the series goes. So I guess we'll just have to wait and go day by day what Steve Kerr has to say about Durant's availability. But regardless, I think, most importantly, the Raptors have home court advantage, which is huge for them, obviously. I I think if they're able to win, hell, even one game, I'm not even going to put it on, put that pressure on them to win both games at home, but if, if they can win one game, I think that's huge. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm very excited for this series. To see where it goes, to see all the matchups that play out, uh, I think Kawhi is going to be him and Pascal Siakam could be the difference makers in this game in this series because they're just they're so long and they're such excellent defenders that they could pretty much guard every single person on the Warriors roster. Actually, no, they can guard every single person on the Warriors roster, with the exception of maybe Demarcus Cousins. But I there's whispers that he's going to be back for the finals, but even if he is, I mean, he's probably not going to be that effective. It, you tore your quad, all right? You don't just bounce back from that. And his, even if he is effective, his minutes will be limited, very limited. So I don't really see him being much of a factor. But as far as everyone else, uh, I think Kawhi and Pascal Siakam can guard pretty much everyone on the Warriors roster. Two other basketball things and topics I want to discuss, and this is this next subject is probably going to take up a majority of my time, um, and that is Rob Palenka. Rob Palenka has been in the news, the sports news cycle for the past couple days, because there's pretty much there was a burn book put out of just like all the nonsense and bullshit that's been going on in the Lakers front office. Jeannie Buss is 
certifiably insane. And she's pinned all these mistakes and these failures on just, you know, it's fate. We'll all, we'll, we'll make it through somehow, with all without actually doing anything positive. And then Rob Palenka's just on the other end of it, spoon-feeding her all this nonsense. And Magic Johnson was right to quit, even though also it seems that he's kind of partly to blame as well. There's just, Rob Palenka is, I mean, he is a pathological liar. If any of these stories that have surfaced over the past few days can point to any one thing specifically, it's that Rob Palenka is a pathological liar. The one story that really stuck out to me was the story of Dwayne The Rock Johnson going to the Lakers facility, which is a part of their whole successful people coming to talk to the team, which is so fucking stupid to begin with. Like, absolutely mind-bending ridiculous. And Palenka came in after, or before, whatever, when The Rock was there, he came in and decided to give his own little story and was talking about uh, a conversation he had with Kobe. And I'm going to read it verbatim from this, this article. Quote, There was one time when Kobe, who I worked with for 18 years, was going back to play in Madison Square Garden and he had just seen The Dark Knight, Palinka said. Obviously, you guys saw that movie. And he's like, hey, hook me up with dinner with Heath Ledger because he got so locked into that role. I want to know the, how he mentally went there. So he had dinner with Heath and talked about how he locks in for a role. And Kobe used some of that in his game against the Knicks. The Dark Knight was released in July 2008, six months after Heath Ledger died. A source with, a source with direct knowledge. Who cares about the source with direct knowledge? Any moron with Google can check that. It, impossible. <laughs> like, there, there's no even like squirming around that one. It was impossible for anyone to see The Dark Knight and then talk to Heath Ledger about it because he was already dead. The fact that you can go in there, right? You can go into that room with all all these players and Dwayne The Rock Johnson and look them all in the eyes and tell them this story is, it's, I I can't, I can't wrap, I literally cannot wrap my head around it. So lying to me is, is really, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. Like, what I I don't understand, never really understand the reasoning for lying, um, other than you supremely fucking up. Obviously, even then it's not good, but with, with this, there's no, I mean, he wasn't being pressed about this. Like, there was nothing. He just completely, 100% fabricated this story from his head for no reason. I guess to to motivate the players. But who, if you're an NBA basketball player, why the fuck do you care about Kobe Bryant going to dinner with Heath Ledger? Why do you care? How does that help you on the basketball court in any way? 
Like, the premise of the story itself doesn't even make sense. How is Kobe understanding how Heath Ledger prepared for the role of the Joker going to help him on the basketball court? Like, mentally speaking, it makes no sense. The Joker wasn't even, like, an assassin. He's just a crazy person. How does that help? <laughs> where, is, where is the grounding in that lie? Like, there's, it's just overall from the, the top to the bottom, no matter what way you look at it, it's just an absolutely ridiculous lie to spew for no reason whatsoever other than you being a pathological liar. There, there's a whole bunch of other things that go on talking about how, what is it, he, he called Lonzo Ball transcendent and mentioned him along Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. He compared the young Lakers' potential to Taylor Swift. After signing Caldwell Pope, Palinka again referenced the Bible. In a news conference after signing James, Palinka put on glasses and started reading from what is from Paolo uh Colhos Colhos I, I have no idea how to say that last name the Alchemist. Noting that James had read it and that Brian also gave him a copy, he loves Kobe. Oh my lord, is that apparent? He is just he he yearns for Kobe Bryant. Palinka's penchant for story quote unquote storytelling. Multiple Lakers staffers told ESPN is viewed as is viewed as disingenuous at best. What the hell? Oh, it's called when they have successful people come in, come in and talk to the team. It's called Genius Talk Series. Oh my god. And there's this whole thing about him sitting in on coaching staff meetings. And being a part of all of that, and uh, at least once. So, I mean, a lot of people are theorizing that Luke Walton really spilled all this this stuff to to the media because there's not like really a shred of anything because he's the only one that comes out looking good. At least once, Walton addressed the issue with Palinka, telling him that his presence was at the very least uncomfortable. Coaching staff members said. Walton also pointed out to Belinka that when he coached as an assistant at Golden State, Warriors GM Bob Myers didn't sit in on such meetings. Palinka responded to Walton that he had communicated with Myers and that Myers was now, in the years since Walton's departure from Golden State, sitting in on these meetings. Sources in and around the Warriors organization told ESPN that Myers does no such thing. Again, just a guy that was... <laughs> that was a different Twitter video that I retweeted. But... Uh, again, just a guy that, for no reason whatsoever, consistently lies to get his way and or to manipulate or create this false image. It's just, he, he's, he's nuts. He's an absolute nut job. And for the Lake, like, Stephen A. Smith said on his show that he was, uh, you know, he had sources that said that Kobe in the midst of all this was kind of furious and upset that his name was even mentioned among all this nonsense because Kobe Bryant, zero tolerance for anything. This didn't really happen. As far as my recollection, there was no front office mayhem when Kobe was on the Lakers, mostly because Jeannie... This all goes back to Genie Boss. I mean, it starts at the top, that, and it's a trickle-down effect. That's what happens. You know, Dr. Jerry Boss 
never, none of this would be happening. And he was the guy at the top with Kobe there. And now Jeannie Buss, I said it on last week's podcast, I think it was either last week or two weeks ago, about how the the children of owners, they just mess everything up constantly. And Palinka, for whatever reason, never gave, I mean, he's been there for a while, but to never really be in that in this in this light you know he no one really like viewed Rob Palinka in this way he's he's never put himself in a position where he has been scrutinized and uh ridiculed in the media like this before there's there's no reason for any front office member to be in the media unless they are discussing, you know, trades or any other shit like that, whatever. But when you're constantly in the media for un-basketball related things or not basketball related things, it, I mean, it's not good. Everyone knows that it's not good. And I mean, he need he needs to leave. He needs to leave. He needs to get out of there. It's it's not it's not great. It's not great. Also, I don't know when I'm trying to look when he was hired. NBA executive career. Oh, it was only last year. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what it was. He was Kobe Bryant's agent. And did I say Jerry Bus? Jim Bus. I apologize. Oh, no. Ha, ha, ha. Just kidding. Jerry Buss. Jim Buss is the son. And he he has nothing to do with it. For whatever reason, uh, Jim Buss is, has not, is, he's not anything to do with it. It's, it's all Genie Buss. So I don't know, man. It's all very confusing and and mind-blowing. And I, I, I hope they figure it out soon. Because if they don't, then, I mean... At this point, Rob Palenka shouldn't even be trying to recruit players. It sh- they should just like give LeBron the keys to the to the the car and be you know, like, you know what, go wherever you need to go and try and get these guys to come play for the Lakers because no one in the front office is convincing anybody to come play basketball for them. Real quick, and then I'll probably wrap it up the last five minutes here. RJ Hampton, one of the top recruits for college basketball, he elects to skip college and sign professionally for uh, the New Zealand something, whatever. He's, he's going to play professional basketball in Australia for a year and then declaring for the NBA draft next year. Uh, and this is a guy who, so off the top of my head, I remember a couple people doing this. Brandon Jennings, who I think was the number one player in his recruiting class in high school, and Emmanuel Moutier, who also, he was definitely a top 10, maybe top 5 recruit can't remember exactly, uh, but both two top recruits in their class, they both elected to go play overseas, I believe both in China, and then come back for uh, the NBA draft. And the difference is, with Moody it was, I'm not sure if it was like this with Jennings, but it might have been that academically they weren't eligible 
to be recruited by a lot of schools. So I, I, it, it made more sense for them to just go overseas. And I think Moutier said also, like, he needed to start making money because he was, his parents, uh, his family was, wasn't was very wealthy growing up for him. So I think he just wanted to start making money as soon as possible. But also grade-wise, it wasn't, they couldn't go to a Duke for basketball because they simply just didn't have the academic standards and yes, they always make exception for those guys, but still, there is a standard that you have to have. RJ Hampton is a guy, he had, I think he had like a 1270 on a 1500 part SAT. And he had like a 3.7 GPA. So this is a guy who, academically speaking, can go to, with his basketball skills, can go to any of the top schools. Duke, UNC, Kansas, like all those schools. And instead... He came out and said, he's like, my dream was never to be a college basketball player. He's like, I can care less about that. My dream was always to be an NBA player. So I'm going to go to Australia, play with some grown men, hone my skills for an entire basketball season. You know, obviously he's going to be getting a lot more experience, playing a lot more games, longer season, I think, I assume. And also he's probably making like a good chunk of change, more than whatever Duke and UNC and Kansas would pay him. He's New Zealand. I mean, the New 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 Zealand's probably paying him a good chunk of change to go play there. I, I don't know what the contract was. Obviously, it's only for one year, so I don't think it's going to be anything outrageous. But it's it was enough for him to really, you know, full on commit to that instead of just like weighing his options. So good for R.J. Hampton. And I mentioned. I mean, it was a while ago, months ago, but there was a a, a prospect of the. NBA instituting this thing where you can skip college and go play in the G League for a year and then go into the draft. Is this a little it's a little better than going overseas because you're going to have you're going to be in the NBA like it's NBA G League so you're still going to have owners and you know you're in the United States. So you're going to have owners and every and scouts consistently being able to watch you. Overseas, your brand and your spotlight isn't going to shine as much as a kid in the G League or even in, especially even in college basketball. But I think the experience you get there is much better. Oh, and you're not, I mean, in the G League, you're getting paid like 40 grand, maybe, to play basketball. RJ Hampton's going overseas. He's probably making like, I mean, I assume at least a mil probably more, to play basketball in an established league with grown men, honing skills. I like the move. Uh, I think we'll see, we could see more of it in next year's recruiting class. Who knows? Uh, I mean, a lot of kids probably just like playing college basketball, so they'll probably opt for that route. And also within, what is it, what, 2021, 2022, within the next two, three years – the whole one-and-done rule is going to be gone regardless. So I think by the time Bronny James, who's wilding out on Instagram, after he just made it, he has like a million followers in two days. By the time he's 18, ready to go play college basketball, uh, the rule might be gone. So he might uh, just head to the NBA. Who knows? Well, that'll be something to uh, to keep an eye on. Obviously, R.J. Hampton. Uh, I would have liked to see him play college basketball. 
of course, I'm not going to be watching New Zealand basketball a whole lot. But he's someone who, like in high school, high school recruiting goes, you know, you always get mixtapes and stuff from kids in high school. And that's how you find out about those kids. That's how I found out about Seventh Woods way back when, who uh, actually he recently transferred from UNC, Chapel Hill, unfortunately. But wasn't getting much playing time there. But I remember he went, he was like the first high school viral kid I saw go viral on YouTube from his his hoops mixtape. And it's how I saw I found out about Zion also, his like sophomore year. This kid just dunking out of the building. So I feel like that's gonna be the route that most people are going to be seeing RJ Hampton through. Like the medium that people are gonna see RJ Hampton through is them. Seeing his highlights from this New Zealand league on YouTube. If there's anything else I forgot on this week's episode that's happened during the during the week, I apologize. Again, I'm a little bit rushed here, uh, but I wanted to thank you all for listening again, even though it was a very short episode. Thanks for tuning in as always. Uh, a happy end of May to you all. I hope everyone had a nice. Memorial Day weekend, and into June we go. So next episode will be, of course, next Wednesday. Talk to you all soon. Have a nice weekend.